What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I hope everyone's well. I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while since we've done a podcast. I'm thinking it's been like three or four months, maybe even more. We've been through a lot in that time. There's been a lot going on. Um, you probably followed on Instagram if you if you do follow me there. Or on YouTube, went to America, competed a little bit, did all right, didn't do, um, didn't qualify for the Olympia, but I did all right, I got first call outs in every single show I did, which I'm pretty happy with, uh, and we did the the best first and got worse as we went on, but the caliber of show got better and better as we went on, so I did second in Toronto, no, second in Vancouver, which in hindsight, if I brought that final package to Vancouver, I do I do wonder what would have happened, um, whether I'll be going to the Olympia this year. Um, second in Vancouver, then we got a, what did I do? Then I went to, to, to England, and I got like sixth. Then I got seventh in Tampa, and then I got like eighth in Texas. But Tampa was very, very hard. Texas was very, very hard. Very, very disappointed with my, with my British showing, obviously on home shore soil. But overall, the year was pretty good. Um, in hindsight, the year was pretty good. And that's, that's the thing I've got to focus on in hindsight. Maybe not at the time. Uh, by the way, for the OGs. That's a rain razzleberry, baby. And uh, we're here. I think it's time to get this going. There's a few things to update you on. Um, a lot of people asking about off the cuff. Unfortunately, off the cuff is probably going to be done. Uh, there's a few reasons for that. Uh, number one, we just couldn't, well, number one, we stopped doing it because I, me and Joe went to America. It was very, very difficult to liaise between that. And um, honestly, we kind of just, I, I think it would have been good for the podcast, but we are like very much in different worlds now. Obviously, Tom is, uh, he's moved away from bodybuilding, which in general hasn't like, like I think it would be really, really good for the podcast because we obviously offer um different perspectives different ideas and and whatnot but i think in doing that like contact time just drifted away and to be honest i don't know if he cares i say this tom was the one who said he didn't want to do it anymore he didn't want to be involved because you got to remember guys like there's a lot of time there's a lot of uh effort we also spend money on it so we probably were spending about six to eight hundred pound a month to rent the room to edit it to film it and we didn't get any income back from it and i think just for tom it was very difficult for him. I don't know. I'm very, very much speaking on his behalf. But it was difficult for him to warrant the time, the effort, uh, and just not get the money back. And I, and I get it. It's fine. Like I completely understand it. And uh, I think the a two-way would be okay. Uh, I think the three-way dynamic BBC worked really, really well. Um, I just We've just not had a conversation about it. And, and for me, that kind of tells me all I need to know. That it's probably, <laughs> it's probably not going to be to be feasible in the future maybe we'll bring it back it would be amazing we do have a, a one-off event which would be really really good to see you guys there at the coaching convention um and we'll be doing that one-off event i think it's uh, november 16th i think it is or the 17th or 18th that weekend we'll be doing a live off the cuff and answering all your questions that'd be like our send-off maybe who knows maybe that'll revitalize the podcast but i thought i'd bring mine back i'm very very keen to to, to match the levels of off the cuff uh very difficult for me to rent a room and then just film myself so you know if you guys want to see some some guests on here 
and we'll chop it up. Let me know. And we'll see if we can get some people on, break down some walls and get some good answers from people. Um, I've never done the guest side of things because I've very much been, like, I'm better at doing the solo podcast. It's already been five minutes and I've been talking for myself, right? So I'm very, very, like, I'm, I'm established in the single podcast, but, which is what, like, if I was to level this up, I could do an Andrew Huberman and just film myself talking. Maybe I'll do that one day, but it's very hard to level this up on your own without anyone, any other visual stimulus. Because if you do bring a video podcast, you even need, excuse me, I'm not used to this fizziness. You either need multiple camera angles that change the whole time, multiple guests, different conversations, different like, you know, segues. And, and sometimes when you're on your own, I don't know whether that's going to be that good visual visually, but we'll think about it. We'll see if we can. Um, Hopefully, off the cuff, we'll come back one day. I did love it. I, I thought it was. I thought it had the potential to be something huge. Say la vie. It didn't. Fortunately, neither none of us like rely on the off the cuff for it to be our, like our job and stuff. I think that's probably what made it so difficult is that we all had our own things going on. We all make money not from off the cuff, so it was very difficult to like warrant the time, the effort. Unfortunately, unfortunately, because we all also know that you have to eat shit for a while before you can eat. What's it? Eat shit until you can eat. Roses, I don't know. We all know that you have to not make money to then make money. So I think it's a bit of a shame, but it is what it is. And we'll just roll with it and we'll bring back Bridging the Gap. Here we are. Um, Nothing really specific to talk about today other than just kind of a little bit of an update on my life. Um, obviously, I was in America. Um, really went through a rough time of questioning my entire existence. Thinking about do I really want to live in the UK anymore? Do I really want to be here? I think it's very difficult because I went in, went to America and had rose-tinted glasses on and had the most amazing time, met the most amazing people, met Guzman, met Vaughan Walker, met Ian Valier, met Ryan Dengler. We, you know, it was crazy. And uh, I, like, got hit by the rose, the rose-tinted stick and I was like, I need to move here. I need to be here now. And And I got home and I was very, very depressed. Honestly, I was very, very depressed. Probably could tell from my Instagram, but I was I was pretty depressed, honestly. I wasn't happy. So I went to Paris the week after. Uh, ran away from my issues, which were at home, and then went to Ibiza uh, the week after that. Ibiza crippled me, and I didn't... I, 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 Ibiza didn't cripple me. Uh, Ibiza made me ill. And then the come down from Ibiza, obviously, using extracurricular activities... Uh, the come down really, really hit me, and, and and you know what? When you're in a come down, sometimes it doesn't feel like a come down. It just feels like this is how you're going to be for the rest of your life. And I couldn't, I couldn't shake it for about three or four days. I definitely feel more mentally capable now and mentally switched on now. So that's a good thing. Um, and then I've spent the last like th- probably four to five days. When we get back, we got back on the fourteenth. So it's been six days now, and I've just been getting my life sorted. Like. I truly kind of feel like this apartment that I moved into, I've not really moved in. Like, there's still stuff in boxes. It's still pretty, like, dusty everywhere. Because we moved in, I moved in with my girlfriend here, like, just before, literally, like, the month before I went to America. Maybe the month just before that. And uh, then I went to America, then I went to Paris, then I went to Ibiza, and I just... And I got such a negative connotation of this place. It's a lovely, lovely place, but I'm not really that happy here. I'm not really that happy in London anymore. I've been I've sacrificed the last two years of my life. I say sacrificed. I've given up willingly the last two years of my life to live in London, obviously for my partner at the time. 
and um, it's it's been. I kind of come to the conclusion that I don't, and I knew this the whole time. I don't need it to be in London. Like I'm paying absorbent amounts for this apartment. I'm paying absorbent amounts to drive my car around, and I'm going to gyms that are, that are good, but I'm not happy there. Like the environment isn't tickling my pickle, and that's the one thing that happened in America. It was every gym we went into was a crazy environment and every gym I went to I was a little fish again and I kind of got that feeling of what it was like to be a little fish and this is in no way arrogant saying that I'm a big fish or anything but like people know me I get many leather bound books <laughs> people know me in England and, and that's not an issue but what a feeling it is to walk into a gym and have people who are Hiring the IFBB pro ranks, who are competing for Olympia spots, who are open bodybuilders, who live and breathe this stuff probably more than I do. What an influence that is on my training and mentality. You know, when I trained with Ian, that was just fucking next level. I realized I could be around these guys, and I personally have the ability to be around these guys every day. Not everyone has that ability, right? You you couldn't just take any online coach in the UK and just be like, you know what, I need to be in America around Olympians. Like, no. You could go there and you could go train in that gym and maybe you'll get to know them slowly. But like, I, I, I'm i blessed enough to be, weirdly, someone in the industry. I've trained with Guzman, that's social proof. I've trained with Vaughan, I've trained with all these people, Ian, which is huge, huge social proof for these people to let me into their circle. And that's often what you need when you're trying to get into, not trying to get into, but when you're in a circle which people want to be in, Sorry, when you have a circle which people want to be in and you are someone, you're a figurehead, you know, you're Nick Walker, you're Brett Wilkin, you're these types of guys. Like, you don't just let anyone in because a lot of the time you can get taken advantage of and a lot of the time you've got what people want so people will infiltrate that circle to try and get what you have. And quite often you need people to have social proof. Yeah, this yeah, he's a fucking nice guy, you know. So, like, if I was ever to train a Brett, I was ever to train with any of the uh, bodybuilding and bollocks guys. If I was to train with C-Bum, you know, like I've trained with his sister's brother and we're friends. Like we're literally friends. We message each other, me and Ian. So that's social proof and that gives me the ability to go do things that other people can't, if that makes sense. So I feel like, am I doing myself and my life a disservice by not taking the opportunity and leaping at it? Maybe. I'm like in a crossroads because I've, I'm in a house until August. I've got my car until August next year. You know, this is thousands of pounds a month, this tens of thousands over the year that I just would leave to go to America along with, you know, my friends and my family. Uh, and it doesn't take it doesn't take a genius or anyone super, super clever to realize that I'm going through a little bit of a hard time and there's a lot going on in my personal life, if you can catch my drift. And it's a really, really big part of my, it's a pretty big segue in my life like I feel like I'm at a crossroads and I'm stuck and I'm like do I go left do I go right do I go left and I'm just going left right left right left. yeah I'm going left no no you're going right no 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 I'm gonna go left and that's kind of what's filled me with anxiety which has potentially led me led me to feel a little bit depressed I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm in depression I have depression I'm just going through a period of my life where I I'm stuck and Often, you know what's weird sometimes is like when like I feel blessed. Like obviously I'm blessed. I, I, I don't need to worry so much about money anymore. I don't need to worry about my career. Well, I, I always worry about my career, but I don't need to I don't have those general low anxiety level worries that a lot of people have 
you know, I can go to America next year and I could pay my rent until August. It doesn't mean that it's right. I feel guilty for feeling bad about my situation, which like adds to it. Because like, who am, I, who am I to fucking feel guilty for? You know, I, you know, I can do what I want. I can go where I want. I could work in a different country every month if I needed to. So what right do I have to feel guilty? Now, I know that's not the right way to think about it because it is relative and, you know, people regardless of uh, status, income, lifestyle, job, uh, mentality, are all entitled to feel pretty rubbish sometimes. Um, but that's just how it feels sometimes. And you kind of get, I get caught in that dichotomy of like, I need to go make the most of what I need to do, but also, you know, I need to treat everyone. And it's, that last sentence did not make any sense. But that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm actually going back to America in... Uh, a couple of weeks, the 10th of October, I'm going to go for a month, but I'm going to go this time without the rose tinted glasses, I'm going to go and live the bodybuilding lifestyle, because remember I was there for five weeks, four weeks, uh, I was in different gyms every day, I was eating whatever, not wherever I wanted, but I was eating in different restaurants, I was meeting different people, I was living a fucking dream, road tripping, doing stuff that's not actually possible to do every single day, <laughs> like I'm a bodybuilder, I've got to go into an off season where I need to eat, sleep, train, repeat. So I really want to explore that in America. I don't necessarily know whether America is going to be the place where I want to go or if it's even America that I want to be or whether it's a different environment that I need. You know, Would I be happier just being somewhere different in the UK where I'm a little bit, you know, I just need something fresh. I've been here for a few years. I'm used to the gyms. And honestly, I don't really mind if people from the gym are listening. Those gyms don't do anything, bro. It's been the same equipment for the last two years. There's no investment back into the environment. There's no community. There's no nothing. And they're lovely people. The people the people at the gym and work at the gym and own the gym are lovely people. But they're not making the changes that I want in the gyms that I want to go to. And we've been, you know, you always get told this is coming, that's coming. It's not coming. And it's kind of frustrating. So when I when you train in a gym and you look around and you think every single bit of equipment that I need to progress is here, and your job is that, why wouldn't you want the best equipment possible around you? And then people might go, why don't you just go to Ultraflex? I don't really want to go up north. I don't really want to go live in Rotherham. Rotherham isn't a nice place to be. Like, sure, you can buy a nice house and I can make my own friends and I could probably make it work for sure, but like I don't have this thing inside me that says I need to move to Rotherham for Ultraflex, you know? I'm not I'm not like infatuated by the gym. I think the gym's unbelievable. I think it has all the equipment that you need. I probably haven't trained there enough to be infatuated with it. But the thought of moving to Rotherham doesn't excite me as much as going to like Tampa, Dubai, Dallas, Houston. Bali, places where I could do what I need to do at the same price, but with better equipment. Do you understand what I mean? Like, uh, it might sound, oh, what, you can go to a different country? You must be fucking loaded. No, no, I mean, if I could take the rent that I'm paying right now and just pay that for a house, or even, definitely even less, because it won't be in London, I could just live like that, right? I could go Airbnb to Airbnb for 12 months straight and still save money on what I'm fucking paying at this place. So... When your craft requires the best tools, why wouldn't you go to where the best tools are? That's kind of where my brain is thinking. And if I want to make the most of this career and send it, I'm fucking taking steroids, bro. Like, I need to send it 
make the most of it, have people around me that are, that want my goals as much as I want them, then why wouldn't you do that? There's a lot in the works behind the scenes, obviously, that I can't talk about just yet in terms of other opportunities that might keep me in in in, in the UK. So I'm gonna buy a gym. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that on the podcast, but that might that might be what happens. So that's kind of where my life is at at the moment and kind of a little bit of a rundown of where I'm at. I'm five weeks post-show, six weeks post-show. Feeling good. I'm only six kilos up, which is 10, 12 pounds in in, in the same amount of time. I, I competed at 102 in Texas. Oh my God, what the fuck was that? I have no idea. There's something in this room just fell onto the floor and I do not know what <laughs> uh, what was I saying uh, so I was 102 and a half ish at Texas I was probably a bit heavy at Texas uh, I went up to about 106 within that first week you know a couple of days off eating what I wanted I'm now 108 you know so I got to 106 within that first week and I've gained two kilos over the last five weeks so I'm in a really really good place I'm pretty fucking lean like I'm looking down right now I've still got striated legs my calves are fucking gnarly I've got veins in my abs still, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good, like, visually. Training-wise, I'm feeling TRTAF. I feel like, I feel like I look in the mirror, I'm like, alright, you're gonna be fucking good today, you look full, and then you get under the bar, and you're like, hmm, that's not moving like I thought it would. So I definitely feel the recovery aspect of being on TRT, um, and, and generally, the lack of recovery, and I'm feeling dommy, and, uh, sorry, doms, and the general being natural feeling, which is absolutely fine. I'm used to this. I've still trained, which is crazy, longer naturally than I have unnaturally. I've still competed more naturally than I have unnaturally. So I understand this grind and I live for this grind. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. And I the biggest issue of my last off season was my hunger. It was my ability to eat was you know, extending my hunger as long as possible. Last year I went from ninety six kilos on stage to 112 in about two three weeks what's that for that's 16 kilos that's 15 kilos in four or five weeks you know which is really really easy to do for anyone who's been post-show has probably done that i could not do that this year because i i, I did i did however many kilos i say 15 kilos in in two or three weeks uh well you're off cycle for three of those weeks and then you've got another seven weeks that you've got to stay off cycle. So that's seven weeks. Like my food by the end of that seven weeks, because I was, I kept complaining about being starving, hungry. Literally, I went, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving. I'm not hungry at all. You know, because my brain just wasn't functioning properly and I wasn't understanding what this hunger signals were. It's normal to be hungry sometimes. Um, and I just wasn't managing anything very well. So by the time I got to the point of my start point of off season, i.e., I'm going to start putting uh, anabolics back in. I wasn't even hungry. And I thought, I've got nowhere to go here. I'm climbing a mountain and I've I've got no energy to do it. So I force fed myself from day one until, you know, I got on stage. And that was my biggest mistake. This time, I've been hella meticulous. We've been doing cardio, six lots of 30 minutes a week. I've been doing my 10,000 steps. I've not budged over that the, the calories that I've been set. Um, I've had a good few off-plan meals. Um, but I keep them within my calorie range and I've been very, very satisfied. 
And yeah, I am still really, really, really hungry. Uh, but I have to be. Like, I literally have to be. Like, it's just the way it is. And there's going to be a point when I don't want any more food. And uh, hopefully that's at the end of off-season rather than at the beginning. So I've got about f- six more weeks now. So we're going to finish out September, f- do the whole of October off as well. Um, I'll just be running that TRT and growth hormone um, of everything. And then then honestly, we'll be hopefully good to push up once we get the blood work um, all through and, and everything's all good. And I'll, hopefully I'll be starving hungry and I'll be able to stay very, very lean. And there's no way we're going to get to 125 kilos again. I'm thinking more along the lines of 118-ish. If I go to about 110, maybe just before that, um, by November. So put on, I'm about 108 now. So if I put on two more kilos in six weeks, maybe a little bit less, I'll be I'll be happy with that. And then maybe push on 10 kilos over a 16-week period, keeping it a little bit leaner, but much much leaner. And then I'll be like five six kilos lighter than my peak off season last year. That's a whole stone but considerably leaner because if you start in a lean point like you're only going to get leaner uh, initially anyway so that's kind of where my plan lies with with off season and and kind of where my plans go moving forward and uh generally just trying to stay positive as possible um we've got a huge sale on a one mile that actually it's just finished 23 minutes ago so you're not going to have the you're not going to be able to go to that but we have um yeah, we have some amazing things coming up with one of our the huge new drop, which is dropping in eight days. You're hearing this first in the podcast, eight days time, the 30th. We've got the new drop. We are working on the December drop, and then I'll be working on the February drop, and then every three months from then we'll be dropping. So I'm super, super excited, and I can't wait to, to show you all. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get myself back on my feet and feel like I put my life on pause for about six weeks for America, Ibiza, Paris, and now I'm just trying to unpause it. But the thing is, when you pause real life, the game still plays, so you've got to like play catch-up. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm just going to finish on... We're at 25 minutes here, so I'm just going to finish on like a few questions that you guys asked me in my um, in my DMs, and, and we'll just we'll wrap up there. We'll, we'll, we'll get these, these podcasts back. I finally set up my office. It took me so long to set this office up. Took me a long time. Um, next tattoos. So I got some tattoos when I was in Ibiza. I got two tattoos. I got one on my left forearm, which was like a sliding, uh, fading line, which you'll never know the answer to. Maybe one day I'll ask. I'll, I'll say what it's what it's representing, but not today. And then I've got a uh, an hourglass on my wrist, which kind of symbolised the time is now. The time is always now, you know, make that moment for you. The hourglass is always running, so make the most of, of now. I haven't thought of any other ones. I would love to get some new ones, um, but they all mean something. So when the meaning comes to me, I will stick it on my body. <laughs> um, a few questions here, like when are you going to compete next? I'm going to compete next year for sure. I'm going to run that kind of American show-ish again or the North American show. So I'll probably do Vancouver again. I'm probably just going to stay in America though. Like I'm going to be in America for like, let's say the last four weeks of prep and then the four weeks, four to six weeks of competing after that, right? So maybe I'll do two months in America and just fly around America and do that. I think that would be, for me, that would be a really, really good place for me to Really, really good place for me to go. You know what? I don't want to go through these these questions. I'm not feeling it. So I think that we'll probably just leave it here. 
little bit of an intro session. We'll be back. Peace.